Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. You know, we all come to Charlotte Mason from different backgrounds. Perhaps your homeschool background has been mainly traditional methods and materials, like textbooks and workbooks, study guides and worksheets. If that's the case, you may find that you have a tendency to think about education in certain ways, and those thoughts might trip you up as you transition to a Charlotte Mason approach. So let me offer three possible tendencies that might crop up. I'm not saying that you will definitely have to deal with them. You might or you might not. But I think being aware of these different ways of thinking about education can be very helpful. So tendency number one is confusing information with education. There's a huge difference between those two. In fact, Charlotte Mason wrote, it cannot be too often said that information is not education. School Education, page 169. Yet many people today have that mistaken view. Their focus is on what should the child know. But true education looks at much more than just dumping facts into a child's brain. The focus of education should be, how is my child growing as a person? Yes, part of growth is the mental growth, and he should be learning new things. But be careful not to get tunnel vision. Education is much, much more than just learning facts. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the whole person. Tendency number two, then. You might be depending on busy work to feel like you're doing enough. Usually, a textbook and workbook approach relies heavily on having a paper trail. So it's easy to start thinking that learning is not happening unless something is put on paper. But such is not the case. A lot of growing happens down deep where we can't see it. And just because something's going onto a piece of paper does not guarantee that the child is learning. So try to recognize busy work for what it is and let go of it. Turn your focus instead to two things. First, your emphasis in a Charlotte Mason approach is not on quantity, but on quality. Make sure your student is spending time on assignments that are worthwhile not just filling time, mindlessly coloring or copying something over and over or playing little puzzles. Encourage the habit of best effort by requiring a high standard of quality on short, meaningful assignments. It seems like one of the hardest places to make that switch away from paper is with oral narration. If the idea of having no record of your child's narrations is causing you some anxious hours, well, feel free to record his oral narrations, either with an audio recorder or a video recorder. Then you'll have a record without additional busy work tacked on to show that he learned something. And then the second thing you should try to focus on, if you have this tendency to depend on busy work, is don't be afraid of giving your child the gift of time to think. Growth comes from taking in great ideas 
and having time to process them. Learning can happen without a paper trail and without busy work. Tendency number three, then, is thinking in terms of grade levels for everything. I often hear parents make just a blanket statement, my student is in this grade, but she's behind, or he's behind. Well, I would encourage you to stop thinking of your child as being in a certain grade for everything, and start thinking instead in terms of topic-based subjects and skill-based subjects. Skill-based subjects are dependent on the students learning one particular skill before she can move on to the next. Those skill-based subjects can be labeled with grade levels. The skill-based subjects are basically math and language arts. Now let me insert here that even though skill-based subjects can be labeled with grade levels, Please don't allow those labels to handcuff you. It's not uncommon for a child to be at one grade level in math and a different grade level in reading or writing. Every child is an individual, and it's not realistic to expect every child to grow at the same rate in every area of education as all the other children his age. Show respect for the persons living in your home by allowing each one to grow as an individual at his own pace in those skill-based subjects. But all the other subjects are topic-based. History, geography, picture study, music study, and poetry, for example. Those subjects don't have to be covered in a particular order or at a particular age. Topic-based subjects are not grade-dependent. They just present topics that you choose to cover whenever. If you can make that distinction in your mind, you will have more freedom to teach each child as an individual. Plus, you'll be able to save a lot of time and money by teaching the whole family together for those topic-based subjects. Loosen your mental hold on grade levels. So keep an eye out for those three tendencies, and let me also offer you three practical tips to help you make the transition from a traditional textbook approach to a Charlotte Mason approach more smoothly. Tip number one. Many people that I talk to who use a traditional approach of textbooks and workbooks also follow a traditional school year calendar. Many of them follow the same calendar as their local school system. Now, that's fine if that's what works best for your family. But my first tip is just a reminder that you can set your own school year calendar. Think through what would work best for your family during this season of life. Perhaps a year-round school year would give you more flexibility. Some families I know do schoolwork for three months, and then take one month off. Or you might do three weeks on, one week off. You might even do four days a week year-round. Or maybe a traditional school year does work best for your family. The purpose of this tip is mainly to encourage you to consider all the options and make an intentional decision. 
It's nice to know that we have the freedom to approach our yearly calendar in whatever way fits best. Tip number two, I encourage you to spend some time getting familiar and comfortable with living books. If textbooks are all that you've known up to this point, and that could have been many years if you include your own education and your children's, you may feel a bit uncertain when it comes to these very different living books. So spend some time educating yourself. Make sure you can tell the difference between a textbook style of writing and a living book style of writing. Remember that a living book is usually written by one author who has a passion for the subject. A living book will touch the emotions, it will fire the imagination, and you'll be able to see in your mind's eye what is being described in the book. It will contain ideas, not just bare facts. The facts will be there, but they will be clothed in living ideas. We'll put some links in the notes to resources that will help you educate yourself on the difference between a textbook and a living book. It's important to know the difference because it's very difficult to narrate a textbook, almost impossible. So if you don't know the difference, you might be making that transition to narration harder for your student. And speaking of narration, that brings us to tip number three. Remember that fill-in-the-blank is a lot easier than narration. Narration requires a much higher level of thinking. You are asking your child to give you an oral composition after a single reading. That's a tall order, and it might take a little getting used to on the part of your student. So give her lots of encouragement and give her the gift of time to make that transition. Don't expect perfection on the very first day. The motto, much grace, will help you both as your student begins to use the tool of narration for self-education. And don't forget, you can ease into the Charlotte Mason approach if that would work better for you. We will provide links in the notes to the episodes that will help you make the switch in smaller stages as well as links to helpful articles on living books, narration, combining the grade levels, and more. Thanks for joining us for the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. You'll find links to suggested resources, related articles, and a written transcript of this show in the show notes and at simplycharlottemason.com. Subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Did you know that you can tell Siri or your Echo or Google device to play the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast? Give it a try. See you next time.